uh, take your bulletin out because we'll be uh, referring to the uh, item that we have and think on these things at the end of the sermon. Holy Week for Orthodox Christians, as you know, began yesterday with the raising of Lazarus. And during this truly great and holy week, we will be presented with a beaten Jesus crowned with thorns, chained and bleeding grotesquely, reminding us that suffering is a fact of life, perhaps the fact of life, at least in this world. Perhaps there is no more appropriate time of year to talk, to grapple with this question that we're going to talk about today, does suffering make sense? I clipped an article from uh, U U.S. Today last week, and the article says, ill health will plague 12 of your 76 years. In a 76-year lifespan, the average person can expect 12 unhealthy years, according to a report from the Journal of the American Medical Association. Suffering is indeed a fact, perhaps the fact of life, some people say. It's one thing to talk about suffering in the abstract, and it's quite another thing to be confronted by it. Like the other day when my friend leaned over a hospital bed where a man he knew was fighting for his life. Uh, just hours earlier, he had been healthy and strong, but then a car spun out, hit him, and sent him flying onto the freeway. The tragedies that come into our lives and the lives of people Talk to parents, for example, at the Ronald McDonald House. Their children are sick and dying with cancer. Talk to the mother who has lost a child or to the father of that child. I talked with a woman some time ago who has had her share of suffering. And she told me about Psalm 31, which was written by one who had suffered deeply. Let me read you Psalms 9 and 10, verses 9 and 10 from Psalm 31. Be merciful to me, O Lord. This is a powerful description of suffering. For I am in distress. My eyes grow weak with sorrow, my soul and my body with grief. My life is crowned by anguish, and my years by groaning. My strength fails because of my affliction, and my bones grow weak. But in this same psalm, we also find a stirring confession of faith. But I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. And then, would you believe it, he goes on and says this, how great is your goodness, O Lord, which you have stored up for those who fear you. How can a person ever come to such a point when going through suffering to have such a, such a powerfully strong faith in Christ? Well, let's try to find out. And the best way to do that is to listen to the greatest sufferer who ever lived. 
Your suffering and mine does not even begin to compare to his suffering. And that's Jesus of Nazareth who suffered all the way to hell for you and for me. And when it was all over, he came back and talked about that suffering. He knew about suffering from a human point of view because he was a human being like us. But he also knew about suffering from a divine point of view because he was and is God. And Jesus was just like us when he endured suffering. When he was in the depths of suffering, horrible questions battled for answers in his mind. On the night before he was executed, for example, from the depths of his anguish, he asked his father if there might be some other way. Father, he prayed, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. And when he hung, dying on the cross, the bitter question that all sufferers usually ask came from his broken heart. Why? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That why question tortures us and torments us and demands an answer. And Jesus knew that. And after his suffering had ended, on the very day of the resurrection, he answered that question when he said to his two disciples on the road to Emmaus, quote, How foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the apostles, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning his suffering. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things that he might enter his glory? Jesus is telling us here that his suffering was not random, not a chance event. It was necessary. It had a cause. It had a purpose. And the purpose, as we know, was to redeem us from sin and from the curse of sin, death. The suffering of Jesus was purposeful, not random. It did not occur because Jesus miscalculated or because the high priest was having trouble with his wife and wanted to take it out on someone. As Jesus pointed out, his suffering had already been described hundreds of years before in the Old Testament by the prophet Isaiah who wrote, quote, He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows but he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities and with his stripes we are healed yet it was the will of God to bruise him for upon him 
was the chastisement that made us whole. If the suffering of Jesus was not random but had a purpose, so it is with the suffering of everyone who truly believes in Jesus. Suffering always has a purpose. So does suffering make sense? Well, it usually doesn't make sense to us, but it does have a cause. We're living in a world that is reeling under the impact of sin. And like it or not, when we live in a world like that, we have to expect that there will be suffering. But we can also expect that whatever suffering we may experience is under God's control. This means that even though God may permit suffering to enter our lives sometimes, He uses it to shape us and mold us to grow in faith and to grow closer to Him. God doesn't allow anything to happen to His children that doesn't have a purpose or cannot be turned to some good. Does suffering make sense? It's hard for us to see how it could, but when we look at Christ, and he tells us that every event in, the, in his life was under God's control, and that it had to be that way, we may know that every event in our life is also under God's control. Christ's suffering had a cause, it was purposeful, it had a goal. The suffering of Jesus was caused by sin. The purpose of suffering, his suffering, was to pay for sin and to save his people. And the goal of his suffering was glory. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things that he may enter his glory. The great message of the Bible is that for Christ and for those who believe in him, suffering finally gives way to glory. In his darkest hour, Jesus never lost sight of that glory. The last cry of Jesus on the cross was not, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It was Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. When you believe in Jesus and you trust him, you know that every day you are moving closer and closer to glory. And the Apostle Paul says it so beautifully. Our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Suffering perfects us and gets us ready for glory. And the great mystery of suffering is not the suffering itself, but that, that it can be used to prepare us for glory. When you know that God is getting you ready for glory, you know that you are not suffering randomly or by accident. You know that at the end of suffering, God is waiting to crown you with glory. More than one person has been able to say from an ambulance 
or from an intensive care unit, surely the Lord was in this place, and I was not aware of it. One senior citizen said, Indeed, I can say with complete truthfulness that everything I have learned in my 75 years in this world, everything that has truly enhanced and enlightened my existence has been through affliction, not through happiness. Because of Christ, every place of pain is a place of revelation a place of resurrection and glory. Thornton Wilder asked once, without your wounds, where would your power be? Moses went up to the top of the mountain into the darkness where God was. And we see God's face better in the darkness than we do in the sunlight of joy. I read recently that Two of the hostages who were taken by the Muslim fundamentalists in Lebanon some years ago were, one was an atheist, the other was an agnostic. But after their experience in those dungeons of Lebanon, they both became firm, firm believers in God. In the darkness of those dungeons, they found, they discovered the light. Holy Week, as we said, began yesterday on the Saturday of the raising of Lazarus, and it began gloriously with a resurrection, that of Lazarus. And it will end with another resurrection, that of Jesus. And thus, Holy Week, that great week of suffering, is placed between these two brilliant shafts of light which illuminate the darkness of the cross with meaning and with ultimate joy. So God uses suffering and pain to purge away the dross in our life, to teach us to rely on him alone. But our greatest redemption comes from our faith in the resurrection. Just as God the Father resurrected Jesus, so he will resurrect you and me. This and not suffering is the greatest fact for the Christian. There is no comparison between our present suffering and the glory that is to be revealed in us. Now I'd like for us to read together those beautiful words by Dr. Albert Schweitzer. Dr. Schweitzer, as you may recall, was a medical doctor, he was a great musician, and he was also a missionary who went into the deepest and darkest part of Africa to serve as a medical doctor and as a missionary. And he speaks here about suffering. Let's read that together. Look back over those hours which passed over your life so calmly and contentedly. If the whole of your life had been a succession of hours like those, do you know what would have become of you? You would have become selfish, hard-hearted, lonely, without regard for higher things, for the pure, for God, and you would never have felt blessedness. When did it first dawn on you that we men don't live unto ourselves? When did the blessedness of compassion bring comfort to you in suffering?
Where did, where did your heart come close to those who were so distant and cold to you in suffering? Where did you catch a glimpse of the higher destiny of your life in suffering? Where did you feel God was near to you in suffering? Where did you first realize the blessedness of having a Father in heaven in suffering? Now I ask you that question, does suffering make sense? Let us close by reading, to praying together that wonderful prayer by D.D. D. Matheson. My God, I have never thanked thee for my thorn. I have thanked thee a thousand times for my roses, but not once for my thorn. I have been looking forward to a world where I should get compensation for my crosses, but I have never thought of the cross as itself a present glory. Thou, divine love, whose human fact has been perfected through sufferings, teach me the value of my thorn, and then shall I know that my tears have made my rainbow, and I shall be able to say, it was good for me that I have been afflicted. Amen.